Support for Podcast by Night is provided by Midnight Syndicate. To learn more, please visit midnightsyndicate.com. Welcome back to Podcast by Night. My name is John. I'm Jen. And this is part two of our series on the Anarchs. We feel that Jen and I were just talking before we started recording, and we kind of feel that 2020 is the perfect time to really be discussing Anarchs. Yeah. Eat the rich. Oh, yeah. Eat the rich. Down with the man. man. That's right. And who's the man? I don't know who you got this time. Uh, you know, I believe that there's some conversations being had on a political stage tonight that probably all of them, that person in particular, <laughs> qualifies as the man. As the man. Just ask him. I mean, right. <laughs> if I want to be an anarch right now, it, it, this is this is the summer of anarchy. That's right. In our previous episode, we've discussed the, the history of the anarchs. Like what what makes them tick? We discuss their their loosely based title system and how they sort of integrate into the world of darkness. In in you know you've got the Camarilla Camarilla on one side and the Sabat on the other. They're kind of stuck in the middle, and they really don't want to have anything to do with either. So to start off with this episode. We're going to deal, del, hold on, let me take that again. To start off with this episode, we're going to delve a little deeper in just who are the Anarchs. And uh, hopefully we're going to find out a little bit more of their personality and, and their outlook to give you guys an idea of, um, you know, if you're out there and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to play an Anarch, this is going to be for you. Yeah. So the big question people will ask is, like, just who are the Anarchs? And the answer is, Anarchs are vampires in the world who could just be about anybody. They could be any clan. They could be from different time periods. They could be different ages. I mean, if you have a beef and you don't want to take part in like the status quo, Anarchs are for you. Right. Yeah. The one thing that tends to be their, you know, binding factor is their rejection of the Camarilla and all of their status quo BS, you know, the elders, you know, screw them. Yeah. I mean, anarchs, you, to be an anarch, you don't necessarily have to be political to be an anarch. I mean, there are different kinds of anarchy. So, some anarchs are there because reasons. Others are there for cultural reasons. And there's still others who were, they just happen to be embraced by another anarch. And they don't know any different. This is the entire world that they've existed in since they were made a vampire. So while there are still others were foundlings who were left by some unknown sire and found their way among the Anarchs. This is actually very common amongst the Gangrel who are infamous for hitting it and quitting it. They'll come and embrace someone and they'll leave them for a year. And so a lot of these foundlings will end up in the Anarchs because, well, that's where the other vampires were. So because of this, there's less of a focus on the political divides between clans and factions among the Anarchs. So you'll find that vampires of various clans will mingle with each other in a way that they don't usually do in the Camarilla. In the Camarilla, if you're a Ventru and that guy's a Bruja, fuck you and fuck you again, right? You don't, you don't have anything to do with each other. But with the, within the Anarchs, Bruja and Ventru may work side by side in a coterie in an Anarch domain because, you know, we're all in this to survive and I'm not being puppeted by some primogen or some elder of the court and am told that I can't like that Bruja over there because he's a Bruja. Right, because it seems to be one of those common threads that among the Anarchs, their society is such that vampires can be themselves. They're, and that's I think that's another reason why the Anarchs and the movement of the Anarchs 
are considered young is because there are a lot of those ideals out there that, hey, Mr. Ventrue, hey, Mr. Bruja, remember Carthage? No. Oh, me either. It's like they they find common ground in the here and now, you know, based either it's a cause or if it's just survival. They don't hold to those strictures that the elders keep pushing in the Camarilla. Yeah. And they don't have elders pulling their strings nearly as much. So because of that, they they tend to have a little bit more freedom than the average, like, neonate or ancilla in the Camarilla ever would. Right. They're definitely committed to their independence. And consequently, this focus of taking down the man, or my personal favorite, at least keeping the man in check, tends to be the prevailing factor. Like, and, and whoever the man may be, if it's a prince or if it's an archbishop or even another baron, they feel that it's their duty to, you know, question that authority. Yeah. It, it's, why does it have to be your way? Why can't we be vampires in our way? A lot of anarchs hang around the fringes of cities controlled by other sects. And the idea being that, you know, we don't fit in with those vampires. So they kind of keep that prince or that archbishop or even, like you said, the other, another anarch baron in check. They're sort of like the, the, the vampires who are going to call them out on their power grabs. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about them is that they, you know, they keep them honest. Eh, is there honesty among thieves? Really? I mean, well, I like to think so, but then again, are, I'm an idealist. These are vampires. There's nothing really <laughs> honest about them. Right, no. right. I mean, the beast, beast is like, honesty, okay? Jen, are you saying that it's all just a sham? I, I'm just, I'm saying that, you know, it's great to have ideals and all, but sometimes you, you just have to be a rebel. And at their core, anarchs are rebels. And this isn't surprising. It's not surprising to see among their numbers people who are basically rebels, especially in places like America, where individualism and freedom are really highly prized in our culture. So that idea of the libertarian spirit, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, ain't no man going to tell me what I can do with my whiskey and my guns. <laughs> and don't forget the hound dogs and the hound dogs i mean that's that is like the rugged american individual is uh, a very defining factor of in our society and other societies it's different but for the anarchs you see a lot of those kind of people that they don't want to fit and conform into quote-unquote polite society whether that society is the elite of a city or the bourgeoisie or, you know, the royalty or whoever. They are people who, for one reason or the other, don't want to conform to that system, usually because that system is grossly unfair and horribly unjust. And so they, they are rebelling against it. And so while there are older anarchs out there, the tendency in many places is for anarchs to kind of usually tend to skew younger. And often because they're younger, they're more technologically adept than say the Camarilla or the Sabbat. If you haven't noticed, you know, the average like toddler can use a tablet better than I can most days. And so young people are very technologically savvy. And because of this, the anarchs also tend to have that kind of technological edge that the other sects don't tend to have. And this gives them a leg up in terms of a culture and influence. Uh, most now know how to use things like the internet and social media and modern technology to influence society in ways that the other sects just don't or can't do because they're not as adept at that, or they need to have a pack of ghouls to do that for them. Anarchs can do that themselves. What's more, they are often more enmeshed in modern society than the more aloof Camarilla or the more monstrous Sabbat, which gives them greater networks of influence and deeper ties to the communities. So this allows them to move within human society in ways that often the other sects can't, and they can operate 
deep undercover to move on their own political agendas in ways that like the Camarilla and Sabat just can't do. So where the Camarilla has to work through like several different layers of hands and influence to get anything done, the Anarchs are very flexible and are able to initiate actions faster and more directly. Uh, This means they can be moving to undermine a prince faster than a prince can even react to the situation. And that is what gives the Anarchs an advantage in their efforts to maintain their independence. Because a prince could could openly say in court, I'm going to go and run the rabble out of town. And no sooner has he said it, than the Anarchs could already be moving on social media and in on the internet to start doing things to push masquerade breaches that would then cause the Camarilla to have to react to that. And then they're distracted by that and will leave the Anarchs alone. Now, as a quick aside, Jen, we're we're talking about social media and more modern ways of influence. I'm curious, and maybe I, you know, I should reach out to Jason or somebody at BNS or somebody to ask about that influence. It almost seems like anybody that's played the game understands that the background of influence has like elite and underworld. Now where it seems to me that they're going to have to develop like a third level of like pop influence. Possibly though. I honestly, depending on how you spin it, it can be either elite or underworld. Well, that was my question because it's, you know, I, as a player, say that I'm like some brash young, you know, Instagram influencer that was just embraced Bruja, but because of my rebel rousing, the Anarchs are like, yeah, yeah, we want her or, yeah, well, her because, you know, White Wolf always uses the feminine. The idea that how would you use that influence then to spin it? Like how you, you said you could skew elite or underworld. What would be... Is that just like how you would want to uh, exercise it? I mean, Mm -hmm. you you know what I'm asking? Yeah. I mean, Underworld, you have to think is much more going to be like, I think of like iRobot. You still have like a social media like presence, but it's all like masks and like, you don't and, and pseudonyms and you don't know who it is, but they're like popping up with like viral videos. And that what I think would be much more like a underworld type of social media influencer whereas a an elite social media influencer would be someone who's like you know hey check out my youtube channel here's here's my my, here's my product and my brand name and my t-shirts and my stuff and then something that is either like pretty pretty princess or skewing to rebel it doesn't have to be pretty pretty princess i mean it could be like you know a nerd, a nerd who has a YouTube channel. I watch a lot of nerd YouTube channels, but it, it's much more because you're out in the open, <laughs> you're able to have connections with, say, like legitimate mainstream, like companies and media outlets that allow you right. to have more direct access. A Camarilla member, like, say, a Toreador, they would, it, it, if they did that at all, chances are high they would not be the person directly in front of the camera. They would have someone else doing it for them because of the masquerade. It's just too problematic. But in Anarch, you know, they could get away with it a little bit more easily than, say, like a Camarilla vampire because there's no one really watching over their shoulder. And as long as it's not a flagrant masquerade breach... Usually you're not going to bring the prince down on your head until unless they figure it out. And then they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you. Know, I'm glad we had that discussion. I was just curious about how that would fit in gameplay wise. I mean, that's how I would call it. But, you know, another storyteller, you may do it different. Right. But speaking of masquerade breach and legalities, that moves into the next bit of, so what is the legal status of the Anarchs? So what is it? (laughs) Where do they fall (laughs) on the continuity of vampire pigs? Well, it kind of depends on who you talk to, really. The Camarilla would say that the Anarchs are really just wayward members of the Camarilla and that they were... 
the Camarilla respects their rights and protections under the Convention of Thorns as long as the Anarchs don't stir up trouble and they respect the masquerade, then we're all copacetic. That's what the Camarilla would tell you. That said, the Camarilla has been known to kill Anarchs who wander on the wrong into the wrong part of town or go into the wrong domain because they're not quote unquote recognized Camarilla members. And you know, if it comes up, if anyone protests, then they're going to say, Oh, oops, my bad. I didn't know that rando anarch over there was really an anarch. They didn't say anything. Obviously I would have respected the convention of thorns if someone had declared themselves, but as they basically looked at me, the sheriff and said to fuck off, I had to assume they were a Sabat member and that they were dangerous and I killed them. You know? <laughs> right. Well that, yeah, like we said, it's, since the Camarilla has the the elders pulling a lot of their strings, they have a lot of those older sensibilities on and and feelings about how they think about the uh, Anarchs mm-hmm. and the Convention of Thorns. I mean, hell, there are probably some Camarilla members that were there and they're like, oh, God, what a bad idea this is going to be. <laughs> yeah, there are some elders who are particularly high bound who are like they do not consider Anarchs as being worthy to be let into a city. They feel that they're rebels and they should be disallowed from entering a domain. So some princes don't even recognize the the legitimacy of anarchs. Now, is that against the Convention of Thorns? Sure. But am I going to tell that like seven, eight hundred year old vampire over there that, you know, you got to respect the convention? No. Um, They're scary. Not only that, but it's like as long as they don't physically openly aggress against them they can always argue yes oh but i'm but i'm keeping the convention i just don't want them in my city yeah so there are some princes especially the more high bound ones who will just choose to ignore any baronial claims of any anarchs in in what they deem their territory and some will extend their domains into areas that are claimed by the anarchs and then use this as an excuse to hunt them down and force them out and that has happened right. many a time. And it depends on the Anarchs as to how successful any of these sort of tactics are. I mean, if there is a Baron who's particularly strong and who has a large enough following that they can push back against a Camarilla prince who's trying to do any of this, then then they could successfully control their own domain and, you know, shut the prince out. If not, then the barons have to kind of get creative about workarounds regarding a prince and their what they consider their domain. So often this leads to um, outbreaks of violence between the Cambria and the Anarchs. And it often can sometimes lead to undermine the prince. Like they will go through indirect means to, you know, have a prince either politically damaged or removed altogether because they see him as a threat. So, you know, hey, I yeah. don't know who called the police on that elite strip club that's a front for the Camarilla kindred over there. Gee, I don't know. Who would do such a dick thing like that? I don't know. Boy, that sucks. You know, Anarchs would do that shit. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, like like you said, that's one of those things that I love about the underdog feel is that you do have to get creative yeah. if, if, if you don't have the numbers. There are some games out there that I know are like majority Anarch and they, you know, the creativity there lies in, well, how do we stay Anarch and still control this city? Yeah. Yeah. Anarchs, on the other hand, usually they want nothing to do with the Camarilla. They just, they don't, if they wanted to be, have anything to do with it, they'd be Camarilla. Many, if not most, would rather just tear the whole thing down if they could, if they absolutely could. So because they are outside of the so-called protection of the Camarilla, Anarchs tend to be the ones on the front lines when things go south. So this means that they're the ones taking the hit of an invading party, say the Sabbat. The Sabbat are manning a war against, like, I don't know, Los Angeles. The Anarchs are the ones who would take the first hit before the Camarilla ever does. And that's something the Anarchs don't really appreciate because they feel like they're the buffer that gets thrown under the bus by the Camarilla if someone should bother to attack them. 
Right. Yeah. The Anarchs, they're always or at least often caught in the crossfire between the Kemri and the Sabbat. And I think part of that has to deal with, you know, it's 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 nothing that they did. But the problem is because they are so in touch with, you know, modern society that they and because of their ability to react so quickly to it, they're also the first directly affected by it. Yeah, and they're also the one that both sides will try to leverage against the other. So, like, you know, the Cambria may say, hey, Anarchs, you want to work with us? Because if you don't, then the Sabbat are just going to tear through and kill all of you. Or the Sabbat may come in and say, look, you may not be true believers, but we have no beef with you. We want those guys. So if you work with us, or if you stay out of our way, then there will be no problem between you and us, at least for now. So there's a lot of, they get kind of caught in the push and pull between the Camarilla and Sabat when they're going at it with each other. But if you're, if you have a Baron that's creative enough to be like, Hey, Oh, you don't want me against you and you don't want me to help you out or get in your way. Well, here, let me figure out a way to pit you two against each other. And we're just going to step back and do our own thing. Yeah. Also too, it's not just other vampires that the Anarchs will be caught in between. Hunters are a big problem because Anarchs do not have all the levels of bureaucracy that the Camarilla does. Yeah, true. They are, they're kind of left out in the open. So they're the ones that the hunters will often ping first because they're not. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. They're not usually being as careful as the Camarilla is. Now, let's be honest, Sabat are probably even worse than the, uh, the Anarchs because Sabat just don't give two fucks. So they're pretty obvious to hunters. They're all like, oh, those are clearly bad guys. But Anarchs face the same problem because while Anarchs respect the masquerade, it's not like they have all this like pressure on them to keep it the same way the Camarilla does. So if you get some really young Anarchs who are just, you know, not paying attention, not following the rules, not keeping the masquerade, and there's nobody there to smack the shit out of them for it, then they're probably going to be the first ones found by hunters. Yeah, their connectivity to the masses at large is also, it's one of their greatest strengths, but it can also be a great flaw. Yeah. And the irony of that being that the Anarchs exist because of hunters. So I feel like it's a little bit, if you're an older Anarch, if you've heard the stories, you know better. If you're a young Anarch and you don't know the stories and you're not raised in any sort of tradition, you're just, I like it, you know, like hanging out with your other vampire buddies you may not have any knowledge and that can easily bite you in the end. So Ah, tale as old as time. (laughs) So as you may have learned at their heart, Anarchs crave freedom and, and it could be something as simple as they just want to be left alone, or it could be something as a little more driving, like, you know, Hey, this system's unfair. I want to burn the whole damn thing down. Yeah, and there's a lot of Anarchs who are kind of in between all of that. They just want to live their, like, nightly lives. They want to just be able to do what they want to do. And they don't want to be caught up in the political machinations of the elders. Just let me be me, me, man. Just let me be me. (laughs) Yes, but this is the world of darkness, so you are never too far away from those machinations of elders. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. Okay, so Jen, say you want to be an Anarch. What should you do? You know, I, I want to be an Anarch. I mean, damn the man. I, I want to be an Anarch. I got a leather coat. I got everything. I got the boots. I got, I got some sort of like, I don't know, is this a gang symbol? I'm not sure. But, you know, I think I may have like some, some like Anarch symbol on a t-shirt. I want to be an Anarch. <laughs> so so you want to be an anarch what do you do what do you do well first of all i'm like go buy the what is it, the anarchs cookbook no no don't do that right but don't do that so first of all you need to understand anarchs are a conglomeration they can be any clan 
or even no clan. You can be a vampire who just doesn't belong to any clan. So you get to have your choice. So if you were wanting to be a clan, the most common clan you'll find is Bruja. Pretty much hands down. Followed by the Gangrel, for obvious reasons, because they tend to orphan their their young. So you find a lot of Gangrel among the Anarchs. Malkavians, Nosferatu, basically many of the lower clans, you're going to find them among the Anarchs. Um, they're also yeah, and that go ahead. I was, yeah, and that makes sense because a lot of the lower clans, as we've spoken about before, are usually the ones that get shit on. So you know, strength in numbers. Exactly. Now there are uh, also Toreador, Venture, and Tremere that can be found in the ranks of the Anarchs. Often these are the younger and disgruntled members who felt restricted by the tight grip of their elders in their in their clans, because those clans tend to be more hierarchical. So if you have some members who are like, "I just want to be me. I want to be you. I want to be me," then you you'll find those type of vampires in the Anarchs as well. And while the stereotypical Anarch can be seen with either bearing the, as we said, the leather jacket, piercings, tattoos, the typical fire starter, let's kick over that hornet's nest. Anarchs actually, I mean, they run the gamut. It, it's, we touched on it a little bit earlier. You could be like that graffiti artist or say you're a computer hacker, you're like an under, underworld hacker that's just part of Anonymous or something. Mm-hmm. You could be a street punk. You can be like a fringy dilettante. Hanging out in the artistic, you know, boho section of, of town. You could be the solitary intellectual who nobody understands, but you have such deep thoughts. Which is pretty <laughs> much like every guy I ever had a crush on in high school. Did they have long hair, Jen? No, I lived in the Midwest. Long hair was seen as like a mark of the devil. So, <laughs> Oh, got it. Got it. They had to hide in plain sight. Yeah, but when I was older, yeah, yeah lots of long hair. So the one thing that they can all agree on, though, is that they don't fit in the other vampiric societies. So that's why they're here. And there is no right way or wrong way to Anarch. The idea of the Anarchs is that individuality. You refuse to play the games of the Elders, and you decided that freedom is for you. You want, you want to be free yourself. I want to be free. <laughs> I want to be free. And now for the musical section of the podcast. Oh, that's always going to happen because this is me. So. Oh, yes. Well, we love you, Jim. Mm-hmm. I was feeling a little Freddie Mercury right then. Fits. Total anarch. Yep. So in terms of creating an anarch, what, what do you need to play an anarch? There's a lot of room to play with this idea. What does it mean to be free? That's the first question you should be asking yourself is like, what does it mean to be free in general, to be free as a vampire, to be free for your character to be free? What does that mean? What does that look like? Is there ever true freedom as a vampire? That's a very deep question, especially for this game, because vampires, one could argue, are never actually ever truly free. Is that an ideal? Is that something you want to live by? Are you really as free as you think you are? Or is that really a convenient lie you can just tell yourself? Uh, these are all questions you can ask. So it's up to you as a player and as a character to kind of decide where do you come down on this idea of freedom? What does freedom look like and sound like for your for you and your character? What is the What is the storyline you're trying to push? And because of that freedom, it gives you the, this fluid nature of being an anarch that you don't have to hold to certain stereotypical clan stereotypes or prejudices, for that matter. You can develop all sorts of relationships with all other kinds of vampires. You can have any kind of coterie or quote-unquote family, and you can define it however you wish. I mean, it could be you know, a, a secret hive of hackers or a biker gang. It's they it really runs the gamut. One of the more famous anarchs actually is Tara, who was the anarch baron slash prince slash baron slash I don't know of San Diego. She's she flipped around a lot 
And Tara was very big on the concept of family for a lot of reasons. If you read her backstory, there's a lot of kooky shit that happened for her. And very sad shit. She she was embraced like on the West Plains of Texas. So like her family was killed. As, they were a pioneer family who got killed. So for her, it's the idea of you're all people who were never accepted in polite Camarilla society. And so we come together and we're our own family. So that's a concept of an anarch group. You could have a collective. We all agree that these are the things we don't like about society. So we're going to create our own society that's going to look like this and have these rules and, and kind of form along the lines of a collective and that could be a form of anarch society. It, you could have a straight up street gang. I think it's in the Bloodlines games that in that in LA there is a street gang of Bruja anarchs who run all the way from like East Los Angeles all the way up into Rampart and all, all that area. And the whole idea is they are an anarch group, but they run as a street gang. And so there are a lot of different kinds of concepts you can have. It doesn't just have to be like vampires hanging around in a coffee shop. It doesn't have to be thugs wearing like biker boots and leather jackets. It doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, you know, the, the group of giggly teenagers like living in a rundown building. It can be a lot of different things. Do these giggly teenagers also not pay rent? Okay. I'm not joking right now. I am literally wearing my rent (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. So when you said that, I was like, I don't want to pay last year's rent. Yep. Oh, yeah. Damn the man. Damn the man. I'm literally not joking, everyone. I am wearing my perfect Anarch t-shirt. I am wearing my Rent t-shirt from the 20th anniversary tour. So there we go. Oh, man. Synergy. I love it. I know. So as you can see, the, you know, the world is your oyster. You you can really take these ideas and run with them. But of course, it all depends on what game you're going to be playing them in. Is it going to be Anarch heavy? Is it going to be Anarch light? It's all to the storyteller. Or, you hell, you could just create your own. Damn the man. Damn the man. <laughs> okay, so now we've come to the concepts section of the podcast where we give you guys our hot takes on, you know, we just spitball some concepts out there that you might want to, you can take and make your own just for inspiration, you know, however you want to use them. Yeah. So, of course, the first concept you have to go with is the atypical leather-clad Doc Martin-wearing punk anarch being the stereotype. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being the stereotype. It works. If that's what you feel like, you do you, boo. You know, you. there's nothing wrong with playing that type of anarch. It's classic. It's often a very familiar kind of territory for anyone who's new to playing anarch. So... If that's where you want to go, follow follow your bliss. Absolutely. All you have to do for some research, you know, a quick and dirty research is just Google the uh, punk scene in Los Angeles and there you go. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The next one is hackers. This could be something as simple as, or I should say it's, it could be something as in-depth as cyberpunk, but you could just also be an angry teen or some 4chan troll. Yeah. I mean, you've got something to say, and by God, I'm going to use this interwebs platform to say it. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody who fits into the angry hacker, 4chan troll, angry nerd, except every insult on the internet. <laughs> That's all the inspiration you need for that one. Yeah. Yeah. So another concept, the ex-revolutionary. Perhaps you were once a French Jacobite or you were a Spanish socialist. Maybe you fought in the American Revolution or the Russian Revolution. Whatever the case, you have a taste for tearing down oppressive regimes. And that the 
and you have a lot of experience in doing it. So there are several Anarch characters who fit into this kind of criteria. Salvador Garcia being one of the most prominent. Yeah, it's uh, Watt Tyler is, or not Watt Tyler, it's Tyler who is named after Watt Tyler. The Bruja named Tyler. She is also an example of this kind of ex-revolutionary character. So that is also a, a very good in our concept to play. And then there's the lone wolf. We've mentioned before about how, in particular, Gangrel like to embrace and run. So this tends to be someone who has been left to their own devices, and that's just fine for them. They re- they're really good at doing their own thing. Uh, maybe they just came out of the West and they wanted to escape the you know hustle and bustle of the East. This kind of goes back to 19th century, 20th century timeline you know, the great westward expansion. You're like, ah, screw you city folk. I'm going to go do my own thing. You could also be just a misfit that never really fit into mainstream society. You could be someone that who has been gravely wronged or you've been shunned by society. It, essentially, it's the idea that either you want to be alone or you're forced to be alone and you have to learn how to make that work for you. And the Anarchs, hey, they're accepting. They're taking applications, buddy. Yeah. One of us. One of us. One of us. Yeah. I'm an individual. I'm not. And so are we. <laughs> so in the Anarchs, you will find that there are many disgruntled ex-Camaria members. And often these are people who, you know, they began their own life in the Camaria, but they left when they grew sick of all the pettiness and the political machinations. So you've seen the inside of the Camaria and it's not pretty. So for you, the Anarch cause may be idealistic, perhaps a bit naively idealistic, but for you that it's you got your way out. So it may not be ideal, but at least it's not the political hellhole that the Camarilla can be. So for you, the Anarch cause is a symbol of freedom from all that machination and bullshit. Right. And on the flip side of that is the disgruntled ex-Sabot member. You know, chances are high that if you are one of these Anarchs and you're ex-Sabot, you, your pack died and you're just like, you know what, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Or you had some idea of, man, th- this craziness, th- this monstrosityness is a little too much for me. At, at first, I liked the idea of it. It was great. I had a pack. Maybe, and you're just like, oh, I don't know. I'm I'm too, you know, I'm too young to be part of these monsters. Yeah. You might even just be like one step ahead of a wild hunt. And you're like, I'm just going to hide with these guys. But no matter what, your old life is still going to haunt you as an Exabot member in the Anarchs. Because while these guys are like, yeah, I'm a vampire. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. These guys don't know a tenth of true monstrosity, but they at least know freedom. I like that both of those, like X-Cam, X-Cam, Exabot, definitely go with the idea that even among kindred society, you still don't fit in. Yeah. Or you feel you don't. Also, there are those Anarchs for whom this is the only life they've ever known. So you were embraced as an Anarch and you don't know any different. You... For you, this is your life, and you have no idea about either the Camarilla or the Sabbat outside of the theoretical. So you may know, like, what your buddies told you, but you don't have any experience with either one of those. So you tend to parrot the party line that you've been taught because you know all the... You, you know all of your personal history, but you don't really know much more outside of the life your sire brought you into. So... You're here because you're an anarch. And my sire said, like, you know, anarchs are free because we're free. And, you know, damn the man. And the Camry is bad. And Spot's bad. But that's really all the more you know. Right. And then there's the burn them all. Now, this is kind of the all action, less thought side of anarchy. You could have been an anarch before the embrace. You could have been an arsonist before the embrace. But something deep down in you says that all society is bad. The conditioning that modern culture tries to force on you, man, is just keeping you down from the real you. But you 
take that one step further and you say, man, I want to just tear it all down. Destruction brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could have been an anarch before your embrace. That's <laughs> just the way you are. Maybe it happened after your embrace and you're just like, fuck this shit. Gonna watch it all burn. But yeah. That's right. Even even up until your own death and destruction. But still, you do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's the philosophical anarchist. This is usually the type that I had a crush on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, so basically, your beef with society is much more of a philosophical bent. So it's, uh, it's complaints that tend to exist wholly in the realm of the theoretical and intellectual. So you realize the system is broken and that it needs to be fixed. But practically, um, practically, you're aware it isn't as simple as just burning it all down. You know, destroying it all and starting all over again is just not practical. So you're aware that changes need to happen on a behavioral or structural level. So while you're an anarch at heart, you aren't precisely happy with the idea of burning it all down and starting it all over again. Because that's just not practical. You feel like there needs to be some, like, positive structural changes. And I think... You know, given the, some of the real life political dialogue we've been having this summer, much of that would fit into this philosophical anarch bucket of how do I make serious structural changes without having to destroy the whole thing? Right. Yeah. Let's keep the infrastructure, but change how we do things within it. Yeah. Which makes sense to me. And then the last on the list is I got to be me. This is the idea that you are an individual at heart. You feel like the only place you can belong and be yourself is with the Anarchs. Now, this could be something like a Toreador artist who is not accepted in more polite establishments or the Malkavian whose madness has become too much for others to handle or even a Ventru that wants to try to build their empire outside of the standard pecking order. Either way, you're shunned by the society that is around you, traditional clan expression. And uh, you just got to be your own own kindred, man. You got to be your own vampire. I think the primary person I think of in this bucket is Louis Fortier. He's my number one person I think of for this. Yeah, Louis Fortier is um, an anarch in Los Angeles. He's a ventrue. Who basically just was like, I don't want to play the venture game. I want to build my own power power base. I got to be me. I want to have my money and my bitches. And that's really what oh, I want. Oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. This fucking guy. <laughs> so, Louis. Louis, Louis, why? Louis. Why you got to always have your bitches, Louis? Um. Yeah, dear listener, I must say that in every game, <laughs> I think every game I've played in, Louis has been a thorn in my side. It's true. I think remarkably every game that we've had that's based in Los Angeles, has Louis has been a thorn in John's character's side. <laughs> I don't know why. It always I happens. Got, uh, I don't know why. It always happens. Um, but yeah, Louis Fortier would be an example of the I gotta be me kind of anarch you know you it's not that you want to see the world burn. it's that you just didn't want to play by other people's rules. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that. <laughs> All right, and this next section is our pop culture references. These are things that are meant for you to look at, uh, books, movies, music, that is going to help you play a good anarch, you know, give you that inspiration that you need that we feel is going to kind of light that re- rebellious fire. First up is, of course, an oldie but a goodie, the Lost Boys. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. They, man, they hate the establishment so much they don't even want to listen to what daddy nope. tells them. Nope. That's like, nope. that's one of those classic like 80s vampire movies. Um, Absolutely. Not my favorite one. It's my second favorite one. But my favorite one's actually more of a Sabat movie. And we'll bring it up when we t- we're talking Sabat. Um, but <laughs> Lost Boys is like classic. I, I feel it's like classic Anarch. It's like, I have fangs and I just want to be a bad boy. Look at my leather jacket, and my ear piercing. It's like that's right. Let's 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 go listen to the uh, sexy sax player. Yeah, it's like yeah, Kiefer, yeah. you're kind of hot and you're pre twenty four days. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, so anything about those wishing to change the status quo, those are great things to look at. So I gave some examples. There, uh, there are movies like Hackers, which is like a classic movie from the 90s. I think it's a great, it's a classic movie. The Purge, the Purge movies, I think are also a good example of like kind of the, that burn it all down mentality of an anarch. You could look up historical films about some well-noted anarchists. There's a film called Che, which is about Che Guevara. There's also a famous one called Viva Zapata, which is about uh, Emilio Zapata. So two very well-known Mexican, Latin American, like, revolutionaries so those are great films to look at or if you want to go on the light-hearted side of things and you just want to kind of go towards the light-hearted anarchy anything by the marx brothers so duck soup oh i'm blanking now the one about fredonia but any of those movies with them just kind of walking into a very straightly situation and causing chaos that would be perfect if you kind of want to go to the lighthearted side of Anarchs. Yeah, I have to agree. That's This is kind of my wheelhouse because <laughs> we also put down Monty Python. Yes. And I think, I mean, everybody knows the Holy Grail, but I think anything Python. Yes. Because they are so against the grain. When they first came out, people were like, holy shit, what is this? Uh-huh. Um, definitely shaking establishment up. I really like that one scene, though, in... Um and search for the holy grail where they come upon the guys working in the mud and it's like oh yeah michael palin <laughs> over there just like you're railing against the establishment just because some tartan <laughs> like tosses a sword at you you declare yourself makes you king. A king yeah, <laughs> yeah that, i mean that's a classic scene about like an anarch it being dismissive of the system oh yeah right to their face yeah or you could put or I also put The Great Dictator by Chaplin on here. That was one of his classic films from the 1940s, where it's really kind of him thumbing his nose at Hitler. So, but again, it's kind of that lighthearted take on, like, this is a very serious situation. This is a system I don't approve of, but I'm going to thumb my nose at it in this kind of lighthearted way. Oh, but even at the... I got to say, I, I love that movie. At the very end, his speech that he's delivering is also sort of a, it's, it, you know, it's very American, but it's also very anybody who wants to be free. Mm-hmm. He's speaking to anybody that wants to be themselves and be free. And, and just even that impassioned speech is something that could be inspiring to a player. Yeah. Or any Captain America speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, you told the world to move. Because you were going to plant your two feet and say, no, you move. I'm like, that's right. I love you, Cap. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway. Well, you're not alone. Chris Evans in that beard. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> right. So, yeah, any any documentaries that are well known or that are about anti-establishment leaders or movements um, reading up on real life events and real life leaders that led the French Revolution, Russian Revolution, anything on the fall of communism in recent history, anything that led up to and during the, the Arab Spring. That's actually really good. I, I'm 100 percent behind that. Yeah. And there's some really interesting, less violent movements out there that could also be considered their own form of anarchy. So people like Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Cesar Chavez and Mandela, you know, the Black Lives Matter kids, you know, they are going out there and just turning the world upside down. These are all things that you can read up on, study on, you know, consider as you're thinking through a character concept, what you, what, how you want to approach that. Also, too, you can, if you, if you have your druthers, if you're really like into this and this, this is a kind of an intellectual inter- exercise for most people, but you can read up just on some well-established anti-establishment writers. You don't just have to read Karl Marx and call it a day. Karl Marx is not the only like anti-establishment writer out there. There are all sorts of weird and interesting ones philosophers who had different perspectives on how to approach the problems of centralized power and the oppression of others. There are religious writers and modern philosophers. 
the thing is, guys, the, none of these are new problems. As long as there has been a uh, a group of people who have been in the center of power, there have been people on the fringes of that power who have been complaining about it. So every generation has its own. When I was finishing up my coursework for my degree, I took a whole class on liberation theology and included in that milieu is like Cardinal Romero, who was speaking out actively as a, a member of the Catholic Church, as a cardinal, who was speaking about political issues that were affecting his his congregations. And this isn't during the 1970s and 80s when there were all this like upheaval in Latin America and these groups that had these governments that had been backed by the United States who were often in conflict with more communist governments and the and and the people just getting caught not only caught in the crossfires but the a US backed group bilking the people and <laughs> mistreating them and so there's this whole theology that built out of this that is basically an anarch theology and it's fascinating so there's a lot of these type of anti-establishment writers out there so if you Kind of have your, like, thinking cap on. You're really willing to take that deep dive in there, even if it's just through Wikipedia, which kind of makes my, like, researcher, future, like, college professor heart cringe. But, you know, it's it's better than a stick in the eye. You can just kind of start re- researching and looking for some of... You got you to gotta start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. You can start looking for these guys. These are, That would be a great place to start having a very unique character with a unique take on their anarchy in all of this you're going to find that there have been many groups throughout history that have been you know real life anarchs against a certain cause i'm I'm sure people have heard the word lud or luddite well there was actually a group called the luddites that were opposing the industrial revolution there are also anarchs and socialists that have fought against the increase of wealth and power on the backs of the few, or rather at the hands of the few, built on the backs of the many or the working class. And of course, I think in more recent history, there have been progressives that have been fighting against the increasing socioeconomic issues. Yeah, there, there are all sorts of different ones. I feel like every generation has their own like yeah. group. Like, you know, you had after, you know, after World War II, you had the Beatniks. So you have like Kerouac, who he was part of that Beatnik generation. But then you have the hippies and they're this whole other thing. And then you have the civil rights group, which they were doing their thing. And then anti-war protesters. And sometimes they all like seem to cross over each other. Environmental warriors, you know, anti-global protesters. The list goes on mm-hmm. and on. So you you can have an anarch who is tied to any or all of those things at one point in time. That's true. That's true. Things you know, times change, people change. But if your cause is the the goal of fairness and freedom, you know, you could have been a an eco warrior, Greenpeace when you were younger, and then the older you got, you became more of the you know, philosophical, I'm just going to stand here and do a sit-in, Gandhi type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people's thoughts change and evolve over time, and vampires are not immune to that. No, definitely not. Yeah, so, and honestly, if you think about power in terms of concentric circles, then anarchs are people that are always going to be on the edge of those circles. The power is always going to be shifting new people are going to be moving forward into the center of power while people who were in the center of power are going to be pushed back towards the edges and it's just the it's kind of the nature of power in society so the idea of the man is always going to shift one generation's the man is going to be different than another generation's the man. And because of this, anarchs are always shifting and they're always going to be different. So even within the anarch movement itself, there will always be differences between anarchs and, and even anarchs whose politics radically do not agree with one another. So you could have your peace-loving like hippie 
as well as having your I just want to see the world burn anarchist. And they're both in the same anarch movement. The idea is that you are the voice on the margins who either by circumstance or by choice stand on the edge of the edges of that circle and call out to power and hold them accountable in theory. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of thing I mentioned it before that the the idea of holding the power, those in power accountable, keeping them honest, that to me is probably the most fair thing. And um, that might be as anarchist as I get personally. Yeah, I think as I be personally about as anarchist as I get is, you know, speaking truth to power or in my case, venting my spleen all over Twitter. So <laughs> and here's how I feel well, about this tweet made by this person in power today. You are an idiot. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. (laughs) And then for our final little bit here is our books to read. I know Jen mentioned it before, but there is the Anarchs cookbook, not the Anarchist cookbook. That's something different. And of course, Guide to Anarchs is is a must. And then Los Angeles by Night. Now, Jen, have there been two versions of this, two editions put out? I only know the one. There may have been a new, newer okay. one that I've just not read yet. I get a little confused because uh, LA is a site for a lot of things. So sometimes LA pops up in random books and I'm just like, oh, and hey, they have a whole thing about LA in here. But the classic LA by night has the entire story about the Anarch Rebellion and take over the city from Don Sebastian. So Go read that because L.A. was built to be the Anarch City of of White Wolf. And there are later iterations. I think that there's it, it does pop up in some other books where they'll have like one offs or they're, they have like a little story that takes place there. Obviously, the video games and I didn't put this on the list, but but the video games, the Bloodline video games. They do take place in L.A. and there's a lot of Anarch talk in those video games. But also, too, I think DC by Night might have a healthy Anarch group of Anarchs that are represented in DC by Night, which is hysterical if you know the story of DC. So I always thought it was funny. (laughs) I'm like, you mean the the most extreme of all Camarillo princes? the most tight-fisted of all Camarilla princes. And there's a group of Anarchs there? Like, what? Does he just keep them around for amusement? Maybe, or they're his bully boys. I don't know. Oh, but yeah, you'll find Anarchs, like, hidden around in different pockets of uh, White Wolf lore. Also, too, there is a Dark Ages book that deals specifically with the Convention of Thorns. There's a Dark Ages, like, whole chronicle that you can read through that gives you all the details about the Convention of Thorns and, you know, has a little playthrough for you if you want to be playing vampires who are flies on the wall at the Convention of Thorns. So you can actually be there when the Anarchs are like, yeah, you, you like, threw us to the hunters and fuck you. Yeah. All right. Well, of course, I will put all the links to that in the show notes. So, you know, please do check that out. Spread the love. Keep buying the White Wolf yep. stuff. All right. Well, that's the Anarchs. That's the Anarchs. They're, they're, they're pretty easy. They're not too difficult because Anarchs are pretty much what they say on the tin. So, but we're coming up on the the next vampire sect. And that that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. We're coming up on the Sabbat, y'all. Oh, praise Cain. Praise Cain. Praise Cain. Oh, boy. So you're going to want to buckle in for that one. <laughs> That's right. And, of course, look towards our social media presence, Twitter, Instagram. We even have a Patreon going out there. I'll put all the links in the bio, as they say. And one of these days, we are actually going to do that kindred, the embar- I mean, embrace, <laughs> uh, watch along. Yes. I have popcorn, John. I have popcorn and wine for this. We need to make this happen. All right. All right. I promise we're going to make it happen. I've got 
I also have the eponymous wine and popcorn. I have the DVDs. We're looking on ways to stream it to to so we both can watch it. And we're going to make it happen. It's going to be great. I, I cannot wait because uh, let me tell you, when we, I watched this in the 90s, I thought it was like, oh, so great. And then I got to know the game. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? So it's going to be wonderful. Oh, I cannot. I cannot wait. I, I, you know, just to test the quality of the of the transfer, I watched a little bit of it and it it, it, it is as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. All right. And with that, everybody, we're going to say good night. My name's John. I'm Jen. All right. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. And if you want to get a hold of us outside of our normal podcast hours, you can find us at Podcast by Night on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at at by night podcast or you can email us with any questions thoughts uh opinions you know anything you want to communicate to us you can do that at podcast by night at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs>